Hey there, it's Heidi Rain. Welcome back for another episode of Addiction, Codependency, and Toxic Relationship Recovery. I just finished my group. On Tuesday nights, I run a group for spouses of addicts and alcoholics, and we we brainstorm a lot of different topics. As you can imagine, a lot of different things come up in this intimate setting. And one of the things I ended up talking about tonight, which I thought was such a great question for everybody. And I thought, you know what, let me, let me hop off, hop off of this call when I'm finished and spend a few minutes uh, recording this episode for you so that I can answer this question that comes up all the time. And the question is, what do I do? Heidi, I've listened to everything you've said. You know, I've, 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 I know my boundaries. What do you do when you set the boundary with somebody and you tell them what you want and they refuse to go to treatment? What is the road ahead? What does that look like? What's your next step when they refuse treatment? And this is an incredible question, such an important question that I decided to make a video just to talk about this. So if you're ready to dive in, I'm ready. I just want to take a minute and welcome you if you're new here to say welcome home. I'm really glad you found me. I've dedicated my whole entire life to helping people that are wrestling with uh, impacted, being impacted by another person's addiction or toxicity. And I help people either figure out if they should stay or go in that relationship, or I help people figure out if they're going to stay, how to make it work. And I help people figure out if they decide they want to get out, how to heal and move on. And so I really have you covered at any stage. And if you want more information or to schedule a an appointment with me at the time I'm filming this, you can do that right now over at HeidiRain.com and we can spend some time together getting to the bottom of your unique situation and helping you personally and privately one-on-one. Okay. So let's answer this question today. Let's let's say that you are like the person I talked to and you, you knew, you know what you're looking for and you want this person to get treatment, you've been with them, you live together, or you're dating or you're married, it's really irrelevant, but you've decided you can't live this life anymore. You are not prepared to be with an addict or an alcoholic who's active in their addiction unless they're actively seeking recovery. So I talked about it tonight like this, and I want to talk about it like this with you right now. There are three paths that we can take when somebody, when we recognize just dealing with addiction in general. And I'm going to talk to you about these three paths and why what you do when somebody refuses treatment is so important and how you handle that moving forward. And if you handle it the way I'm suggesting that you handle it, most often we see the best results, the best outcome. Now, I've helped thousands of addicts and alcoholics when I worked inside of one of the world's leading drug and alcohol treatment centers, and I've helped hundreds of families from running and creating the family program and doing the coaching and the consulting for decades. So stuff I'm telling you isn't just ideas that I've come up with. It's really a conglomeration of all of the information I've gathered and all of the people I've helped. And there's wisdom gained from that. Uh, Best practices, if you will, you know, hey, this is what seems to work over this or that. So let's talk about that. One of the paths or three paths you can take with addiction as a spouse or partner The first path you can take is radical acceptance. And what I mean by radical acceptance is, you know this person is on a path, they are not well, they are likely never going to get treatment and that's okay with you. You can navigate their addiction, you are in it to win it. It doesn't matter if they ever get better to you. You're you're willing to let that go, stop talking about it and let them do whatever they're gonna do, be drunk, be high, use, use the drugs, whatever it is. And you are going to live your life independently and okay, no matter what they're gonna do. That's a path you can take in a relationship with an Irish alcoholic. 
Uh, I know that, you know, I had a stepmom that took that path for many, many years on and off. She would go into this mode of, I'm just going to take it the way that it is. And then out of that mode, like, no, you need to get better. And you might find you vacillate in between those two things too. But I'm going to tell you what, you're going to have a lot better influence in your relationship and a better outcome if you pick a path and stick with the path. Okay. Path number one here on this side is I radically accept what's happening. I don't care that you're an addict or an alcoholic. I accept you. I see you. I'm down for that. That doesn't infect me. It doesn't bother me. You can drink all you want. I don't care. I'm off in my own world. And that's that. Path number one. Over here, path number three, we have path number one, we have path number three. Path number three is I can't live like this at all. Uh, you're not my person. I've decided I don't want to be with an addict or an alcoholic. Uh, I, I, you know, that's not going to work for me. Um, I don't want a relationship like that. Even if you get better, I don't want to have to worry about relapse all the time. That's not something I even want to consider. So I'm out of here. I'm moving on. This relationship is not for me. That's path number three over here. Okay. Different, different option. But in the middle is this path where you say you are my person. And I can't live like this, but I don't want to leave you. I don't want this to end. Now, this is this is the position that my my client was in, right? Where she knows she loves this person. She's offering treatment. She has the big talk. And here's how the talk looks. I love you. I want to be in relationship with you. I'm here for you. I want and require a sober home. I require a sober relationship where we're firing on all cylinders and completely available to one another emotionally, physically, spiritually, and mentally. And in order to do that, we need a sober relationship. So I'm I'm here for that. I want to have a sober relationship with you. So when you, if you're willing to seek treatment, if you're willing to stay in recovery, if you're willing to do the damn thing, let's let's dive in. Let's figure out how that's going to look. Let's work on our relationship together. And many times I work with couples and couple sessions where we come together and do, for lack of a better word, to call it a behavioral contract. Hey, this is what recovery is going to look like. We we set up, this is what it's going to look like if you relapse. This is what you can expect from me. I mean, these are the kind of conversations that I have in my private sessions with clients to help figure out what's this going to look like, right? So, but let's say... You know, you you haven't hired me and they we haven't had this joint discussion that's on video, by the way, and I can send it to you after we have the call. Let's <laughs> say so you have a future reference. But let's say that you you just listened to podcasts and you binge watched and you 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 wrote out the formula, you know, and you you've watched all the episodes of my coaching and you're like, okay, okay, I've got this. I know what I want to say. And you present that to them. You say, Look, I want to be with you, but you've got to get sober. And they say, Nope. This is how I am. No, I'm not going to get any better. You know, you just need to kind of take it or leave it. This is my thing. It's not even that bad. You know, they minimize it. I'm just a binge drinker. And if you don't like what I'm doing, then you just get make yourself scarce when I'm doing my thing. And, and that's that, you know, you live your life and I'll live mine, but I'm not going to get better. I'm not going to go into treatment. Well, now you're at a crossroads. Now you are in that middle way of thinking to yourself, well, now I really have to decide, am I in camp one or am I in camp three? You do have to make that decision from this nowhere point, because I'm going to tell you what will happen if you've made that declaration and you've set that boundary, you need to be better for us to be together. And they refuse to do that, but you stay, you are in camp number three, you're camp number one, 
you are co-signing that you 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 have to release the hostage at some point if you choose to stay after you've said to somebody a million times you've got to get better all you're doing is you're being in a relationship with somebody that's abusive both ways right they're they're mentally ill with their addiction and you're beating them up for it and they're not getting better and you're you you want them to get better but you're staying and there's no consequence you know or no boundary on your end and so you might as well if that's you just say I'm just going to accept them and love them and let them off the hook and that's going to be the end of the game. But just know if you take that role on in camp number one, where, okay, they're not going to go to treatment and I'm not leaving, I'm not going anywhere. So you're just going to be there. You will at that point are signed on as a hospice nurse. Now I know that that sounds really strong because I've said it in public settings with family members when I run the family program and 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 not on virtually sometimes we do have events and the faces of the crowd like, you know what I mean like everybody gets an audible gasp when I say you're a hospice nurse but that is the reality of addiction if you continue to be okay co-sign allow somebody to be fully addicted in your presence you're going to that's the way they are can't control it can't fix it you're a hospice nurse you're watching them exit you're a participant in them exiting and you're going to be loving to them and kind to them and 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 usher them to the next you know place in the world because addiction has two endings it's treatment or it's it's i it's bye bye okay there is no it's going to get better on its own right i know this is hard to hear so i just want to take a minute and say this as i'm doing this video i know i've had a, somebody sent me an email recently and they were like man thank you so much it's what i need to hear and you're so rude they thought i was rude because of the way that i say things i love you i i want to i want to come alongside of you and kind of shake you awake so that the decisions you're making in your life, you're not a victim to your circumstance anymore, but you're going into this eyes wide open and you know what you're participating in. It, I would hate to think that you think your compassion and you're putting up with somebody's addiction is because you think it's going to get them better when in fact it's a hospice position. All right. So I, I don't want you to be confused about the position you're pay, playing in somebody's addiction anymore. But let's say you don't want to be a hospice nurse. You're not willing to do that. Then you have to make a decision to say, okay, well, if you're not going to get better and you're refusing treatment, then I have to let you go. I have to let you go and I have to release myself and I have to move on. Now, one of two things happen when you do this, when you take up, you get out of that middle way and you take position door number three, which is I'm going to exit. Okay? I'm not going to have be a hospice nurse. I'm going to exit because they won't go to treatment. One of two things happens. Sometimes you lose that relationship. They end up you know, you've done all you can, you've made all the resources, you've encouraged them to go to treatment, you've influenced them, you've done all the things and they still don't go. And you're left with trying to heal. And the sadness of the feeling of like, why wasn't I enough? Why didn't they pick me? Which isn't true by the way, at all, but it is what you believe because you're human. And that's the feeling you get, you know, all these emotions attached to spend all these years and time trying to help this person. And this is the outcome. It's very, very difficult for you emotionally and psychologically to let that go. That's why I have a practice. I understand. That's why I help people. I know how hard it is, but sometimes something else happens. Believe it or not, when you get out of this middle camp and you, they say, I'm not going to go for treatment and they kind of call your bluff is what they do. Okay. I, I'm not going to go for treatments, take it or leave it. And you say, okay, then I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm, we're going to have to part ways. Sometimes that is the moment that they actually get it together. 
Now, in a real way, in a fake way, we'll be like, they'll get, they'll, they'll go away in their own apartment. They'll get out of the house. You'll start the separation process. And they'll be like, I'm sober. I'm sober. I'm not doing anything. But they haven't had any treatment. They haven't gone anywhere. Like, I haven't drank in two weeks, you know, and they're, they're lying to you. I promise you this. Okay. They're telling you they're getting sober, but they're just trying to come back home. But, it, but sometimes, when you make this, when you make this decision, this firm stands, this is a sober haven. I'm a sober house. This, this is a, a sober relationship. And you hold that standard for yourself. Sometimes they actually do end up seeking treatment. And then we begin the slow process of reintegrating them back into your life. But if you need to know this, if you want somebody to get well, and you want them to recover and you want them to get into treatment, you have you have to stop making it okay that they don't go to treatment. If you want them to get help, you have to stop making it okay that they don't get help. You just go on, you tell them you want help on a Tuesday night, they refuse help and Wednesday morning, you're cooking the eggs. That's not gonna work, right? You've gotta take a stand for yourself, for your family, for your children and say, well, this is the, this is the lifestyle I want. This is the, this is my safe haven. This is what I require. And I'm not going anywhere, but if you want to be a part of this, this does need to happen. And people are going to say all kinds of things to you. How could you, you need to accept people for who they are. And that's not nice. And they're struggling and you're not throwing them out on the street, right? This middle way is treatment is always an option before the street is ever a choice. Treatment is always an option before the street is the choice. And we want to make that very clear to our loved ones. Treatment is the place you should go. You shouldn't be alone. You shouldn't be on your own. You should go to treatment, not an apartment, okay, where you can drink by yourself in isolation. But if they refuse to go, you can sleep at night knowing you've done everything you possibly could. Take this in. Think about what I'm saying to you. Marinate and reflect on these three paths and ask yourself, where are you more inclined to be? Now, I know you have many more questions and your issues are complex. Your your situation is different. You have this situation or that's, I, I genuinely mean that. I know that even though it can sound like I've heard everything, I know that I still need to hear what you have to say because what you have to say is important for you to hear you say out loud, not just for me to hear. And that's why I want to encourage you if you are in this kind of crucial place, you don't know. You've got a foot in, a foot out. Should you stay? Should you go? Book a 90-minute, at the time I'm offering this, I don't know if I'm still offering it when you're watching this video, but right now, if you go to my site, you can see if it's there. It's at HeidiRain.com and I'm offering a 90-minute strategic session to figure this exact thing out and to leave with a step-by-step -step action plan. So grab that while it's available for you. If it's not available for you, send me a message and let me know. It's not available, Heidi. It's not on your site. What else can I do? Because I don't have the bandwidth now, but I might not when you're watching this, okay? So for now, take advantage if you can, all right? Go over to HeidiRain.com and schedule that 90-minute a miracle session because that's exactly what it is. All right. I love you. Take excellent care of yourself. And if you like this, make sure you like it out loud, leave your footprint, leave a comment, tell me how this is helping you because your comments really inspire a lot of other people. They inspire me for sure to know that I'm making a difference in your life. That's important to me uh, to know that these videos are resonating with you and helping you. And also just to build the community of other cycle breakers around us, right? That we're all kind of in this together and support one another on this journey. I love you. Take excellent care of yourself and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.